The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. This is the Pat Kenny Show with Anton in for Pat. Russian vessels that were spotted on the west coast earlier this week have now left Ireland's exclusive economic zone. That's according to the Irish Defence Forces. Joining me to discuss EU and NATO efforts to try to put together a collective response to mitigate the risks to undersea cables and other infrastructure is Naomi O'Leary, Irish Times European correspondent. Morning, Naomi. Good morning. Thanks for having me. It is a pleasure. There is a significant amount of strategically important undersea cabling emanating from Ireland and heading across the Atlantic. Is that what the Russians were interested in? I mean, we don't know what the ships were interested in, but certainly um, it's been a concern of the European Union and of NATO that critical undersea infrastructure is vulnerable um, and the, the vulnerability of it has increased as we've seen a large-scale conflict return uh, to the continent of Europe. So what these cables do is they transmit everything from data about financial transactions to emails. Uh, they're, in, they're really the lifeblood of the modern economy. And just geographically, it so happens that a huge percentage of the uh, communications data that flows between Europe and the US actually goes either, either through or near Irish territorial waters. Um, so this is very critical infrastructure. If it's damaged, it means that there could be outages, um, economic disruption, and so on. Um, I've looked into this a bit, and you would need a very coordinated damage in order to uh, cause serious outages because data can quite easily be rerouted. Um, But there have been a number of cases of cables being cut in different scenarios, which would suggest that they are a target. Um, So in response to this scenario, both the European Union and NATO have been developing kind of expert groups and plans to identify vulnerabilities and put together potential responses. Now, our um, Navy is predominantly set up for drug interdiction and fisheries enforcement and uh, protection. We're not well placed for intervening with Russian military or quasi-military vessels who are involved in either sabotage or espionage. So who will this fall to if there is a cohesive response? Is it the EU? Is it NATO? I think the concerns over these Russian ships have really shone a spotlight on how underprepared Ireland is to do this itself. Um, because, I mean, it's been known for many years that underinvestment in um, in the Navy and in the Defence Forces meant that not only would Ireland not be able to respond to something if there was a hostile act, but also not even monitor what's going on in the first place. That's a major um, vulnerability. It's a, like it's a, real, a very big hole in sort of the protection of our national interests. Uh, so that's been known for some time. And what's happened is just in the last year, um, the kind of the implications of this have been uh, brought, uh, they've been made very clear by the fact that, you know, there's hostile actors in the world who are willing to use force to further their own aims. Um, And it also means that Ireland is quite dependent on others to provide this because we're not able to do it ourselves. It means that Ireland, in order to protect its interests like that, needs to look to partners like the EU and potentially NATO. Uh, recently, the um, a representative of NATO visited Ireland, and this was one of the topics of discussion. Um, it's essentially Ireland has a partnership with NATO. It does collaborate on some things and cooperate on some things. Um, and it would be up to the state, really, to ask or say what they wanted. Um, in terms of the EU, what they've planned in terms of a response to the vulnerability of undersea infrastructure is um, stress testing. First of all, finding out where the vulnerabilities are and then uh, figuring out what would the consequences be. A lot of this infrastructure, it, you know, it's in, it's in the hands of private companies and the things like the repair capacities, the ships that repair them, 
not very many of them. So it's really like a fact-finding exercise, figuring out where are the vulnerabilities, uh, what are the, you know, the consequences if it was damaged, and what would you do? Um, how would you respond if there was some sort of damage to it? Now, we've long had a, a relationship, I think a commercial relationship with the RAF, where if there are um, aircraft in our airspace, it is they who deal with them because they have the jets uh, to do interception when we don't. The difference with this and that is that the first is to protect us from people entering our airspace. In this instance, it's us being responsible for European partner member state data and beyond. Does that increase the pressure on us from NATO? Does that increase the pressure on us from the EU? Um, I'm not sure about pressure. I mean, I think I think that what it does make clear, as I said, is just that Ireland can't really do this by itself. And that, that's a policy choice that's been made. It's just a question about the allocation of resources. We'd be in a different situation if we did have our own resources to be able to do this. And we would have a choice about whether to cooperate you know, with a wider EU scheme or with NATO or not. But in the absence of that, you just have less room for manoeuvre, um, which means that kind of by accident, without a plan, you know, Ireland is becoming more dependent on the, these international arrangements for its own security. Um, and you mentioned the protection of Irish airspace by the RAF. It's, it's again, it's a kind of like a convenient, convenient arrangement that came to be because of the lack of Ireland's own capacity. So we, we chose not to invest in that. And that brings us de facto under the NATO umbrella without having made an active choice about it. So it's another illustration of that. Um, and yeah, the, I, think, I think in terms of how it's seen by the rest of the EU and NATO, I'm not sure that it's the main focus. It's much more prescient to Ireland because... Those ships are, after all, you know, they they were in Irish waters. It's much more prescient. And there's an awful lot going on in the security scene. And there's, there's hotspots which are more um, pressing right now than Ireland is. So it's not that Ireland is in the main focus uh, at the moment. Um, but certainly, you know, I think this is something where Ireland obviously has an enormous percentage of these cables um, under its waters. And it's, it's an area where Ireland will have a big responsibility. And just for, for clarity's sake, that there's obviously two separate zones. There's the Irish Exclusive Economic Zone, which is a, a very significant area of sea, which is where most of our fishery operates. And then there's territorial waters, which are 12 nautical miles off the coast. And defence forces are saying that the Russian ships spent some time in the Exclusive Economic Zone, but that one of the ships came within a couple of miles of territorial waters, uh, that being within the 12-mile limit. Now, there's been, of course, talk about the uh, Russian diplomats in respect of this and whether or not the ambassador should be called in. I sort of doubt, Naomi O'Leary, that the Russian ambassador will be quaking at his boots at the prospect of being called in to explain this. Yeah, um, I guess we'll see what he has to say. Um, you know, I imagine they would say that, you know, these are very innocent ships and they're not doing anything nefarious. Um, but, you know, I think the there's what we have seen is over recent years, um, there has been in a number of different areas uh, a strategy of these like asymmetric uh, attacks. So things like cyber attacks, um, you know, stealing data, things that where it's unclear whether a state is behind it or whether it's some sort of private group or whether it's a private group with the sort of uh, secret backing of a state. It's a whole grey area of deniability that's kind of aimed to um, put basically put people on guard and illustrate vulnerabilities and change the decision making of states. And I think this this area of undersea cables attacks falls into that. We have seen um, examples of this. There were cables in the Antarctic that were caught. 
So also, as, as I've written about before, a very mysterious sabotage of mobile phone and uh, internet lines in France, which, you know, the, the sort of hallmark of these attacks is it's very unclear who's doing it and why. Um, but, um, the, the, I, you know, I wouldn't expect any clarity, I would say, from the Russian ambassador that would help us answer those questions. Yeah, and it's one of those things that when when people hear about it, it is easy to think uh, it's it's unrealistic and it's sort of it's spy novel espionage. But when you look at what happened to the Nord Stream pipeline, we still don't have clarity. Although there's a fair degree of a good guess, informed guesswork as to who was responsible. But if you're able to sabotage an undersea gas pipeline, I would have thought fibre optic cables are a fairly easy target. They are very vulnerable and they're so vulnerable they've been damaged accident, ex- accidentally in the past just by fishing vessels which, you know, drag their, their nets o- uh, over them. They're only about, the, you know, the size of like a garden hose, although they're protected, you know, with, uh, with uh, um, you know, material around them. Um, but yeah, definitely they're, you know, they have, it, it's something that, that developed with the digital age that not much thought was given to. But obviously running undersea um, cables is a vulnerability and, you know, they have, as I say, been accidentally damaged in the past. So it doesn't take an enormous amount of capacity to damage them. Um, So um, we'll... I guess it'll be, I think, a continued topic of discussion and um, it's something where, you know, at the moment what what we're hearing from the EU is that the private sector is important in this just in terms of even knowing where the cables are and exactly what they're carrying and we you know in order to get a bigger picture of what's under there because like i say it's a very complex network that's grown up um over time without much attention being paid to it we will watch this space naomi thank you very much naomi o'leary irish times europe correspondent the pat kenny show with aviva insurance weekdays at 9 a.m on news talk